All right, everybody, welcome back to round 14 of RM Fantasy S Experts. I am Chase. I'm Christian. We are the RM Fantasy S Experts. Now, if you are watching this on YouTube, welcome. But also remember, you can also listen to this in podcast form if you want to on all the major platforms. Easy to do, no excuses not to. Absolutely. And also, you want to stick around because at the end of the show, we give away a discount code for the weekend of the race. And we have a cool guest caller coming in this week. Chris Blows. Yes, he will be calling, so stay tuned for that. But let's get right into it. We had a pretty interesting and exciting night. Here it is, this is our race recap. All right, Christian, round 13, Houston, Triple Crown, it's come and gone. Probably one of the more entertaining, crazy nights that I've seen, 450s and 250s. Well, we have to get it out of the way that we both, <laughs> we made our picks last week. We were gonna double down, but Jim and Daniel backed out, they didn't do it, it so then totally we got to backfired talking. on us. It did, because then yeah. we both kind of changed our picks. We, we would have done way better. Yeah. We, we violated the cardinal rule, changed our picks last minute, so anyways. But we still did okay. We, we still did. gapped Jim and Daniel, yeah. gained some more points we'll on him. But it. let's talk about results. Cooper Webb. Cooper, out of my way, Webb. Just doing it for the <laughs> Throwing fans. Throwing that front wheel in there. Like. <laughs> Marvin Muskan, second place. We'll talk about that drama. Yep. Dean Wilson, congrats to that man. Out Finally gets his first podium. I think we've been expecting that all year long. Yeah, awesome. Eli Tomac, who just decides to hit the brakes and let Mar buy in the first main. What was he doing? Everybody had to be mad about that. I mean, oh that my was gosh. weird. Cole Seeley. Your boy. <laughs> I, I guess so. Fifth place. Good job to Cole. And the wild card that we predicted, Justin My Hill. My first wild card in years. Like, Are you serious? In yeah, years? Yeah, finally got one, so wow. I'm pretty pumped on the hill. Well, do you have any highlights you want to bring up? Um, I mean, things you got to talk about is three different riders took hole shots and one mains. They yep. led every laps in those mains. Roxon going down, not on the ah, top poor five. Guy. Hurt his toe. Dominates the first main, then gets hurt. Yep. Tomag, though, we have to play it. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. Him giving up in the last corner it just looked like he was over i mean i don't know if he was necessarily giving up i think he he screwed the whole corner up i think he predicted marv to do something different but either way you're just like scratching your head like what was he doing it's kind of, it frustrating to watch i don't know but marv I thought it was photoshopped i couldn't even believe it happened so. <laughs> for me the the drama between coop and marv was awesome because you yeah. know that's just brewing for viewers blood, it's yeah, awesome. but the yeah. blood is boiling between these two so i think it's going to be exciting when it comes down to the championship yep but, uh, and then we're gonna have Chris Blos on the phone a little bit later, and we're gonna ask him about a specific crash. We might as well show it. He gets taken out by Ferrandez coming over the finish line. I mean, it was heated. What do you guys think? Dirty, Rubbins racing, kinda wanna hear your thoughts yeah. on that. And don't forget, Adam Intiknap makes his second main in a row, in a, overall in a row, takes 15th. Yes, So pretty props good. to that man. All right, so how on user stats, how we do? User stats, uh, Tomac was still picked by 37, almost 38% to win. Goodness. I, I changed it up and did it too. <laughs> Only 18% had Webb taking first place. It's so bad that we're like still 80 or whatever percent. What are we doing? We do it. I don't know okay. what we're doing. But anyways, more people had Roxon to win than Webb. Wow. So there were no perfect scores. Average points were 33 and a half. Justin Bogle was the most picked wild card at 22 and a half percent. He took seventh. He had yeah. a good other, other than fourth. the mud race, he had his best result. Yeah. He actually beat Baggett and some other guys. I was really surprised. So props to him. Yep. Only 2.47% had Dean Wilson in third. So the Wilson fans out there. And 5.5% had Seeley in fifth. He was actually picked more in the wild card hmm. than in fifth but he, he showed up. All so. right, well, we are headed into Nashville, Tennessee, and as far as injured riders, unfortunately, there's a lot of them. We yep. got Justin Brayton, Chad Reed, your boy Cole Martinez, uh -huh. 
Plessinger, Freezy, Anderson, Stewart, Bloss. All out. Questionable Roxon, but I've heard he said he's going to race. Same to Barsha. He said he's probably going to be there. And Josh Grant, I... They're all banged up. They're all banged up, but so, they're going to be there. We'll see. Yep. But there it is. That is your race recap. Now, like I said, we're going to Nashville. Mm -hmm. uh, when was the last time we were in Nashville? I don't think we've ever, ever? been to Nashville, no. Oh, so. that's cool. Well, let's get right into it. Here it is. This is Track Trends. Okay, heading into Nashville. We've never been there before, so some things to go over. It's a football stadium. Looking at the track map, has a long start, two yep. up sections. Weather's no, looking good. Yep, no, no rain, rain on race day, so. Cool. Looks a lot like Denver, but. I noticed that. It does. It look very, very mm -hmm. similar. So How Denver's going to look. Now, because Nashville don't really have much stats on that as far as riders go, we do have some interesting stats on other long start straights that we've seen in other stadiums this year. Mm -hmm. So, let's get it cracking. The other races were Glendale, Minneapolis, Arlington, Atlanta. So, these all had longer start straights. Mm -hmm. Webb has won the last three mm -hmm. and didn't qualify worse than fourth in those. Yep. Roxon and Muscan are the only riders to finish in top five in all three of those rounds, or all, all of these four. rounds, yep. all four of those rounds. What else? Muskin qualified and started and finished in third in Minneapolis and Arlington and finished third in Atlanta. So long starts, he's usually around third. Okay. Baggett has finished first, second, and fourth in three of those four rounds. All and right. Tomac has only finished in the top five in one of those four rounds. He and doesn't was, get the starts, man. It was fourth in Glendale, so. That's a long start straight. You can get yep. buried quick. So there mm -hmm. they are. Those are some interesting stats on those long start straights. But now let's get into it. We saw what happened last weekend. <laughs> Yeah. Blood is boiling, <laughs> I think, between a couple of orange riders. Let's get right into it. These are top contenders. All right, so to get this week's top contender section started off, just want to show you a chart that we have created that shows a lot of riders, but the riders we have on the table are the first four on that list, and we have ranked them in order of their best average finish so far this year. In standard rounds. In yep. standard rounds. So yep. let's talk about these people. Start off with Muscan. All right, Muscan has the second best average finish on the East Coast at 2.6. But what's crazy, if you look at that chart, he's got a better average finish than Webb on the year as a total. Better average start, finish, qualifying. He's almost caught up to him in laps led on standard ground. He rounds, hasn't so. started worse than six in the last seven main event gate drops. And what's crazy to me, this is what you got to look at. He has not finished more than two spots from where he's qualified since Anaheim won. You know what? I've adjusted my picks a few times with that, and it's it's helped me out. Okay. So. And he's led laps the last three rounds. And two of those rounds, he hole-shotted hole mm -hmm. and led the whole freaking thing. Yeah. He's All on right? fire, no doubt. Cooper Webb, what do we got here? Cooper Webb, he's taken the podium every East Coast race. He's won half the East Coast races this year. Hasn't finished worse than fourth in the last eight rounds. Has taken back-to-back -back wins twice this season, so he can do it. Um, every time he's led laps in a standard round, he's won. And he hasn't made the podium when qualifying worse than ninth. So that's about right. the only time you need to really worry about him. But his average finish, start and finish by coast is crazy to me. His west... Start, 9.4, finish, 5.6. Then you move to the East Coast, and his start is 3.8, finish is 1.6. Wow. So he's on fire on the East. His last five overall finishes, 1, 4, 3, 2, 1. All right. Now we jump over to Ken Roxon. So he got his worst finish of the year last, last weekend. We banged up. Banged up, got a smash toe, but it'll be there. But he got his first main event win of the year at Houston. Mm -hmm. So, well, first he got the triple crown win, right? Yeah, One of those won the first crap. main. He was dominating. I thought he was going to win the overall. I, I had him like, picked for second. He's I was feeling good, but you know how it goes. But anyway, but he only took the podium two out of the six rounds on the East Coast so far this year. Yeah, I, you so kind of forget about that. hasn't treated him as well. Yep. All right, his average finish on the East Coast is 4.8. It's almost two spots worse than he was on the West Coast, which is three. And so, his... 
Banged up, and he hasn't done as good on the East. Yeah. I'm, I'm moving him back. And his last five overall finishes, 10, 2, 8, 8, 4. Doesn't even sound right, but it is. But so. hey, that's what it is. All yeah. right, how about for Tomac? Eli Tomac. The head scratcher. I, I don't know what is going on. At the end Pump of that first brakes. main, the first thing that shot to my mind was he just looked over it. I don't know I, what don't was know. going on there, but okay. Anyway, he's had an average finish of, of five in Houston at the Triple Crown main event, so he was okay. He has taken the podium every other round since Detroit. Really? So, yep. He's qualified the same or one spot different than where he's finished in the last three rounds, so he's staying pretty close too. And he hasn't started better than fourth in the last four main event gate drops, so he's got to get that start dialed. Hasn't taken the podium in a standard round when he started worse than fifth since a one. Wow. And the thing you got to realize with Tomac is his start average is not nearly as good as these other guys, and you got a long start straight. And if he, like Christian just said, he hasn't had better than fourth in the last four main event gate drops. Mm -hmm. I, I for mean, me, I'm not going to put him on the podium for that reason. He's almost getting three spots worse average start than Muscan in standard rounds. So. And these guys are riding so good, it's hard to pass. Yep. Well, there it is. That is the top contender section. So take what you want. We're going to go through and we're going to rank these guys. And Chris Bloss is going to give us our podium and see what he thinks coming up a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But now let's talk about it because we saw a couple of them this weekend. Cole Seeley and Dees Wilson yeah. spoiling the picks. It was awesome. Breaking into the top five. So here it is. This is Weekly Spoilers. We see it every week. The riders that aren't majorly picked crack the top five. Here's our list. Um, you got to remember, no, no Brayton, no Reed. Roxon's banged up. Barsha's banged up. So we're really pushing guys up there. Okay. Um, Joey Savacci, he had the flu last week, and he still did pretty good. Still riding good. Yep. So he, okay. But he hasn't finished more than four spots from where he started in the last seven of main event gate drops, so he's not really making a lot of moves after the start. But he has a much better finish on the East Coast at 5.8 than on the West, 12.2. So I move him up even more there. Okay. And he hasn't finished out of the top ten in the last nine rounds. Last five overall finishes, 9, 5, 6, 5, 9. All right. So I like Savacci. Then you got to go to Blake, who was looking really good on the East. Don't get thrown off by last week's results. Triple crowns just seem like... We called it. He's yeah, never been good in triple rounds for some really reason. not really his thing, but okay. his starts and finishes did get better through the main events last week. So, But he's tied with Muscan for the best starting average on the East. Three standard rounds at 3.4. So, And he, he has gone two weeks without being in the top five one time this season, but I don't see that happening again. Okay, He was in the top five in five out of the six rounds on the East Coast this year. And he hasn't finished in the top five, though, unless he started in the top five. So with his starting average, I Being think he's a pretty safe pick. So. Okay. Next up, we got Dean Wilson, who, again, was a spoiler last week, finished on the podium. Congrats again to him. He ignited the podium. He ignited it. <laughs> All right. No doubt. Well, let's talk about some of the stats. So he did get his first podium. He hasn't taken back-to-back -back podiums in his entire 450 Supercross career. So that's mm -hmm. definitely something you want to be mindful of. But he, and he hasn't gotten better than eighth on the East Coast. Till now. So, till now. Yeah. So he's picking up some a lot momentum. Of banged up riders. And then finish on the West Coast is 7.2. Is over one spot better than he has been on the East, which was 8.8. .8. But mm -hmm. again, with these riders getting hurt, with Wilson having momentum, I yep. think he's going to increase and have a better result again, like he just did last I, week. I agree. And then his last five overall finishes: three, six, nine, eleven, eight, and then of course his podium. Or three, six, nine, eleven, eight. Yep. All right. Then we get into Zach Osborne. This man. He's being quiet, but he's doing good. He is quietly sneaking up there. Mm -hmm. So starts and finishes have gotten progressively better in the Houston Triple Crown main events. So he went 11-8-2 for his starts, and then 10-6-4 as far as the finish goes. Mm -hmm. And he's finished in the top 10 in the last six main event gate drops. And he's right there in my mind. Yeah, and I think with, again, those, some of those guys being out and him getting a good start, he can move up. 
Yep. My boy Cole Seeley. <laughs> your boy. Where oh. are you putting him? You know he's going to be in your top five. You think so? Well, you're putting him to win. Try me. What do you got for him? Cole Seeley, he's finished sixth once and seventh in all the gate drops this season. His average finish is 9.6 on the year, but he's been looking a lot stronger and has riders out and banged out in front of yeah. him. Got so fifth he last could week. be a spoiler, but I think he's a little bit better option for the wild card, which is coming up next. Get right into it. This is Wild Card Watch. All right, so for this week's wild card, it's going to be tough. It's seventh place, mm -hmm. and we just talked about all the weekly spoilers. Honestly, any one of those weekly spoilers could land in the wild card spot, but we've got six riders up on the table. we got Dean Wilson, Cole Seeley, Savachi, Bogle, Hill, Barsha. Mm -hmm. We've ranked these riders in the order that we would feel best about these. From the safest to the most That's risky. Right. We already gave the stats on Wilson, Seeley, and Savachi. Mm -hmm. So for me, Dino, he finished third, but... His average finish, if you look at it for the year, is more around that sixth, seventh place spot. Yeah, seven and a half. Okay, and then you get to Cole Seeley, who's kind of similar. His finish, average finish for the year, is more around nine, mm -hmm. but we just saw him get fifth overall, so I could see him as a good fit for that seventh. I like him. Okay, how about Savachi? Savachi seems like it, but he's he was a lot better on the East, like yeah. we talked about. So He had a string of top fives on the East yeah. Coast. I would say it takes something happening for him to be a, that far back. Okay, so you put... Savachi, you think he's better than seventh? I can't really move. I just just leave him there, but I do like Savachi a lot. For seventh? Yeah, just not enough to move him. Ahead of these two? Yeah. Okay. And then Justin Bogle, the man, his average finish for the year is well above seven, but he just took seventh. He just took seventh last week overall, took fourth in the main. He yep. enjoys that wild card spot for some reason. He does, but the man's improving, so it wouldn't be a shocker to me, honestly, if Bogle finished in seventh if he got a start. Yep. And then, if you want to take a risk, <laughs> don't Justin Hill all with him. has finished seventh before. <laughs> Disclaimer, don't put him there, but it could happen. I don't know. It seems like when a rider gets you the wild card right, you just love that or rider. Or it seems like whenever I talk smack on a guy, he gets <laughs> it. Much, he does yeah. way better. I'm high up on Hill. He took 11th last week. He, right. he looked good in a few of the mains. And so. then Justin Barsha, the man has come back from injury to finish in the Fifth. top five. Earlier this year, yeah. So another one of those riders where you go from last week where he's rolling around or just not, two or crashes out, and then... He shows up and puts in a top five or something weird. So He's got 17th the last two weeks. Not looking good. No. But there you are. Those are some of our weekly wild card picks mm -hmm. ranked in order. What do you guys think? Who are you going to put in your wild card spot? But now, let's get him on the phone. Chris Blows, our guest caller this week. Chris has been around for a long time. He's got some cool experience. We've got some really good questions for him. So here it is, two, between two berms with Chris Blows. All right, so we got him on the phone. Chris Blows, Between Two Berms. What's up, Chris? Not much. It's another beautiful sunny day here in Phoenix. Is it getting hot there yet? Yeah, it's getting uh, probably like mid-80s, high high 80s. So. Gosh, we haven't had a day up. barely over 65 yet. <laughs> yeah, send that my way. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, so Chris, a lot of people watching this show or listening to the podcast might not know it, but you've actually been racing for a pretty long time. A real journeyman. Arena Cross and Supercross. Kind of give us a little bit ba a background on, you know, how you came to be where you are today. Yeah, first time pro in 2006, uh, doing Supercross on the East Coast. And from 06 to 2014, I race Supercross every year. Um, from 2010 to 14, I raced a 450 class. And then I moved to Arena Cross for four years, and now I'm back to Supercross. So uh, it's been a pretty cool journey, and uh, glad to be back in Supercross. 
I mean, the guy races a ton. He's been everywhere. Yeah, you, He's doing 450 and 250 class this year. I didn't so. realize that about you. I honestly just thought you were an arena cross guy, and you made the transition over because the series kind of went away. So, But that's cool. You got a lot of history. You've been doing it a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost a little too long. <laughs> <laughs> has, has Supercross, has it changed a lot since you first started doing it as far as the tracks go or just the way the industry is? Like what, what changes have you seen, and are the, is there anything that you would want to change about it that you maybe aren't a big fan of? Um, I think Supercross has definitely gone in, in a good direction. Back when I first started, they had even like the day qualifiers um, to get to the night show. They didn't go off your practice times, which mm. I think is a good change. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think Supercross has definitely evolved and gotten better and better. I think... Uh, not only have the tracks gotten better, but I think the bikes have obviously advances in technology allow us to do a lot more stuff and bigger jumps and stuff like that. So uh, it, it's good and bad because obviously with better equipment and everything else, you got to go faster and jump bigger. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah. So it's been better, better change uh, as far as you've seen. Yeah, it's a better change. Um, I wish sometimes that the tracks were a little bit better, like maybe if they had someone, you know, kind of there to go, hey, this is pretty dangerous or that's pretty dangerous and let's change it to something a little bit safer. Was it Trey Kennard um, doing that? Is he still doing that? Yeah, he was doing it. But I don't know what happened with that whole ordeal. Hmm. Um, that was when I was in Arena Cross, so... Yeah, I don't know what happened. We need Interesting. Trey. We need Trey back. Anywhere one way, one way, shape, or form. <laughs> well, Christian wants to ask you about your night last week in the Triple Crown. I mean, we saw day practice and qualifying, and you were looking so good. Even in the night shows, too, but it just seemed like you couldn't catch a break. I read even on your Instagram that after the first main when you got hit, you had a, your arm was numb for a lap. Like, how would you how would you summarize your night there? Man, like you guys said, it, it was a great night i mean obviously i qualified great uh in third and qualifying and then mains came around the main one like you said I, I i had got hit from behind on the start by my guy ferrandis of course <laughs> oh so you had two <laughs> encounters with him i know um him like hit my funny bone or something because my whole arm went completely numb for a whole lap and i even rolled the whoops and everything so had oh. to play catch up with that Obviously, main two was leading, and then the uh, oh, we all saw this or, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> hey, and then main three, obviously, I went down off the start oh, with March Banks. Uh, yeah, when he went down, so it was always a up and down night. We're gonna take the positives and move on. Yeah, he looked so good, but yeah, you were leading that main. But here, quick question: Yes or no? Pass from Ferrandis on you, dirty or would you? Call it Rubbins Racing. Um, not dirty. I mean, I would call it Rubbins Racing. Was I happy about it? Absolutely not. I mean, let's face it. Francis is most likely going to get by me. Let's let's just face it. Yeah, and it's just a uh, matter of time. Um, but I, do I think he could have stayed lower and, and you know went through the finish line? Absolutely, and left us both room and hmm. um, absolutely. But it is what it is. We just got to uh, keep pushing forward. I want to be on that podium so bad, so that's our uh, our main goal. Right on. Well, you got the speed to put it there. Yeah, no doubt. So here's a, here's a good question for you, and this is related to fantasy. 
So with fantasy, you know our viewers, they've got to pick their top five riders. Right now it's crunch time. Mm -hmm. only, we only have a few rounds left. Marvin Coop, one and two. My question is, what, what, what's, it, what's the chemistry like on that team right now? Is, do you think Marv's going to run in on Coop if he has the opportunity, or do you think KTM's saying, no, dude, don't take him out or don't get too aggressive? What, what do you think the, the atmosphere is like over there at KTM right now? Thick. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the tensions are definitely have, uh, have risen. I think they were pretty calm before. Um, but now I think with the way Coop rode Marv, uh, the past cup or last weekend, I think tensions obviously grew. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say KTM is probably going to win the championship. So, mm -hmm. unless they take each other out, yeah, yeah, unless they take each other out. Um, which is, I think, I think Coop, if Marv is being real aggressive, if Coop is smart, he's probably just going to let Marv buy. It's like, dude, he's got a good lead, I've got a lead on you, like, it's, it's yours, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think so. Unless Coop's just that much faster than him and can pass him and pull pull away. Right. I don't see Coop. Um, I see him playing it very smart. Mm -hmm. Okay. What, what's his point lead now? Uh, it's like it's somewhere around like yeah, yeah 16 like sixteen or seventeen points. Can you imagine if it was Marv didn't jump that red cross and he's only down by oh. eight or nine points right now? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, the dude, he's got to be just kicking himself over that. Absolutely. That was definitely a bonehead move on his part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as far as fans is concerned, Roxon had a rough night. Unfortunately, I thought he was going to win the overall. He crushed oh, the first no. main event. Tomac, everyone's scratching their heads because they don't know what to do with the guy. But if you had to pick your podium for this weekend, mm -hmm. what would you think? Um, I'm going to go with Marv to get the win. Um, I think Marv's the better rider to, right now. He has to win. Okay. Um, being Nashville, you got two sets of whoops, so I don't know. I mean, Tomac's always solid in whoops. You got Webb. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Muskin, Muskin, Webb, and then Tomac. All right. I like it. I like it. Christian, what's our wild card this week? The wild card is seventh place. Um, with a lot of riders being out and banged up, you know, it's opening the door for a lot of those other guys. Who really comes to mind there for like a seventh place this weekend? I'm gonna, ooh, I'm gonna go with the Justin Hill. You're hey, shooting for the stars. He got me the wild card last week. He I'm did, but that was eleventh place. Hey, I'm sorry, I I was up on Justin Hill at the start of the year, and he has just let me down. So I just <laughs> He's gonna get I it. I feel together. like the guy obviously can kill it in practice times, you know. And <laughs> yeah. Then, I don't. I don't know what happens in the main. I don't. I don't think anybody does. I should probably pay attention a little bit more to what he does it's impossible to i don't know. like that guy <laughs> yeah such a all right chris well i got one more question for you before we let you off the hook here you've raised yep. 250s and 450s this year mm -hmm. yep. give us give us real quick the biggest differences of what the experience is like racing both classes man obviously the obvious is just longer a longer race um but man i, I feel like there's a little bit more Respecting the 450 class as far as riders, no one makes any crazy moves or decisions. Um, obviously, you got really fast 450 guys, um, lots of past champions. So yeah, I mean, you're not going up against you know a bunch of kids anymore. You're going up against grown adults who mm -hmm. have been there and been doing this for a long period of time. So 
So even um, well, sometimes the the practice times are about even the two fifties and four fifties. But I can't. I gotta imagine the intensity is probably a lot more when you got that many fast dudes. Because I mean, at the start of the season before guys get hurt, you, your first through twelfth or thirteenth place are all past champions for the most part. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like you said, the intensity is always super high, and um, even even in two fifty class, it's also high. But um, it just seems like you have more fast dudes that can blow by you in a split second so hmm. you definitely got to be on your on your game for sure mm -hmm. interesting i like okay. it Good so stuff. you got marv coop and then tomac for your top three and then you got justin hill in the wild card in seventh yep that, right. that's my i'm going with that <laughs> that sounds good to me. all right man well hey chris we really appreciate you calling in thanks so much yeah we'll be cheering for you every week too absolutely Big fans so all right, awesome. so everyone watching out there, Chris, tell everybody out there what bike you ride and what number you are for those 250s. Yeah, I ride the Husqvarna 250, uh, number 111. Mm, there you go. Watch out for him. Keep Watch a out for killing those whoops. All right, Chris, man. Hey, good luck to you and have fun. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll see ya. Bye. I met him a long time ago on the Hart and Huntington team, and I've Did kind you? of been a big fan since. I he's had no a, idea he wrote for that team. He's a really good dude. He's been around forever. So. Well, he's putting in some solid results, yeah. too. But there you have it. That is Chris Blos. Get some cool insight from him. And you saw his picks. Marv, Coop, Tomac. I think he's on to something there, because that's pretty close to what I have, too, this weekend. <laughs> Not me, but we'll get into it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what time it is, then. Time to lock him in. Let's do it. These picks... For Nashville, they mean a lot. I mean, the the battle between me, you, Jim, Kate, or Jim and Daniel is getting heated. Yeah, we're only up by a little bit. What, sixty points? Sixty-one points. That is not a big enough cushion. We have got to do it. I think there's we can gap them even. Rivalries brewing. Speaking of rivalries, <laughs> there's a, there's a new one needs to be brought. There's a new one. So, <laughs> Carrie Bowling, you called in the show earlier this year. Well, Carrie was crushing it, and then she kind of talked about her friend Nicole, who hadn't been doing so good this year. Nicole is literally just a few points behind. So I don't I know mean, what's going on we there. Think this but is heated. That rivalry could friendship take Friendships are at stake. The championship <laughs> is at stake. Anyway, if you have a rivalry, let us know about it. Also, real quick, I was camping a few weekends ago. I bumped into a guy. I am horrible with names. I forgot your name. I apologize. But you said you and your wife watch the show. You're big fans. Shout out to you guys. Hope you're watching. That's awesome. Thanks for tuning in. All right, lock them in. All right, we'll get back to it. Um, I left. I had Webb in first last week. Shouldn't have taken him out. I'm not okay. doing that this week. I think he gets a start, that long start straight, takes first. Marvin second. Blake Baggett third. He comes back to his podium ways, all KTM'd out. Then you got the green team holding down fourth and fifth in my mind. Eli really scared me last week. And Kenny banged up. High intensity. I don't know. I think he plays it safe, ends up somewhere around seven. All right, well. Kind of on the same page, but I'm going to have Marvin first place. I still think he's the faster rider if he doesn't get punted off the track. So I got Marv first, Cooper Webb second. I'm going to put Blake Baggett in third place, but I'm going to switch Tomac into fourth. Please move Rocks into fifth place oh for me. Oh, my gosh. I thought you'd put Sealy there. And then my wild card is going to be Cole Sealy in seventh. There it is, my top five, my wild card. So we need to do good this week. Bikes of a feather flock together. We're keeping the colors <laughs> all together everywhere. You come so. up with this stuff. But there it is. They are locked in. But now let's talk about why you want to be playing RM Fantasy SX. This is our prize recap. Round 14, Nashville. Plenty of prizes up for grabs. Let's talk yes, about them. Yes, sir. The top scorer this week is going to get a Cherby $700 spending spree plus Supercross 2, the video game. Can't be mad about that. No, sir. Second place, Mobius X8 knee braces. 
Uh, third place, two sets of Pirelli MX32 mid to hard terrain tires. Then other prizes from Bell, Pro Honda, Fly Racing, Fox, Tusk, Sykra, Scott, and of course 90 Rocky Mountain gift cards. So 100 weekly prizes going down. Woo! Now remember too, just one quick little tip. These are timestamps. So we get a lot of people who get the same amount of points each week and it goes off of who got their picks in first. So yep. keep that in mind. Unless you're like Christian and I and you can't make up your mind, you change your picks every weekend right before they start. <laughs> Uh, Let's talk about grand prizes though. First place, Race Prep KTM 450 SXF. Second place, Race Prep KTM 250 SXF. Third, you get a Moab Red Rock Getaway plus a generator. Fourth place, MEC Trip, Dunlop Brock Glover Legend Ride, Fly Racing Gear and Casual Package, Milestone the Video Game, Supercross to the Game, Console 4K TV, that's a good one, Motion Pro Tools for 8, Tusk Impact Wheel Set, and of course, Oakley Goggles and Sunglasses. That's right. Before we go, everybody's already a winner because you're going to get an extra 10% off the Tusk First Line air filters. Go to the Fantasy website. There will be a banner up top. Click on that. Throw in First Line 10 on checkout. Get that They're extra 10%. Already a good price. You yep. save even more. All yep. right. Well, remember, if you watch this show, thanks for tuning in. Remember, listen to it in podcast form if you need to. And to sign up for fantasy, very simple. Go to armfantasysx.com, create your free account. Even if you haven't ever played before, yep. you can still win weekly prizes. It does not matter. It's never too late to talk yep. smack either. Join some groups, talk some smack. Join us. Christian, what's our group name? RM Fantasy SX Rivals. Scroll down to the group section, join up, see how you compare with us. Also, make sure to hit that calendar button on the website, get notified before the picks close every week. It'll save you. Yep, it will. Other than that, what do you got? Not a whole lot other than <laughs> good luck on your picks. Have fun watching the races, or if you're going to be at the races, we're a little bit jealous, but have fun. I am Chase. I'm Christian. We'll see you next week.